Welcome back, listeners or viewers and joggers that jog and listen to podcasts. We're the Road Contenders, and we are back this week with some fun and exciting news. Uh, we have three topics that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Jake Crane has a game that he wants to share with everybody. I did watch a little bit yesterday on his stream. It definitely looks very interesting. And as promised, we have um, the spoilers for the Alpha Clash, uh, the Awakening novel. And then we have one last topic that was brought in the Facebook group. I'm not sure if you guys um, read what Alan had posted. But I, thought, I think he, he made some very, very interesting points. And I would l love to hear you guys' feedback on that. Yeah, for sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah. I, I also agree with it. So, yeah, that'll be a good subject for tonight. I actually don't. Uh, run by me what he was saying. I don't worry. I'm going to go because it's, it's long. <laughs> so I'm about to uh, yeah, copy yeah, it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm about to send you right out. Okay, out. I'll get to it fresh. Yeah, I'm like, like, yeah, no, this, this, it's long, but, but it's very good. Like, it, it's a lot of great points, and um, I don't. We'll, we'll save the discussion towards the end of the show, but just very. Um, I like that he called out a, a lot of people um, for you know who's saying that they wanted to grow but not doing enough, and I 100% I agree with that. That you know. I do feel like for us this, this game to grow, we do need to do more. So I'm uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, we'll go into it because I definitely have my opinion too on certain things. All right, I sent it into the group chat. All right, perfect. Yeah, so I'm gonna hand, so we're gonna hand this portion over to uh, Jay Crane because again, I want to know more about this game, and I, I want to hear from you since you've been playing it, working with the developers. And, oh, the sprite, and I, I just, I just want to have you take the floor and let everyone know about it. Yeah, for sure. I first, I want to just apologize that I wasn't here last week. Um, I've been doing a lot, a lot of projects. Uh, my anniversary was last week, so. Uh, but yes, as Ryoten said, a project that I've been working on for all, quite a bit now is with Mega Moss Studios and their new game, X-Seekers of Fortune. Uh, X-Seekers of Fortune is, a, as of right now, a two-player game. It is pretty much a battle of wits against the person across from you. Uh, the aesthetic of the game is kind of like Treasure Hunter. So if, you, if you're someone that likes Tomb Raider, uh, Drake Uncharted, Indiana Jones... It's that type of world. That is the aesthetic that the game is going in. Um, and pretty much you are a treasure hunter. And what there is, uh, how the game is set up, uh, as I said, it is a two-player game. You have three decks. Uh, it is a combined deck for both players, so you do not have your individual deck. Uh, from what I've been told so far, when the game goes out for sale, and it actually, uh, the Kickstarter is going to be starting soon... Uh, the game will come with all the cards that you need to play the game, so there's no buying of anything extra. Uh, but they do plan in the future to kind of have, like, boosters that will add to the base game. And you kind of buy the boosters and you get different stuff that you can add to your deck or not add, depending on how you want to play it. Okay, so, wait, so you said the Kickstarter is going to launch soon? 
Yep, they are just working through some stuff. Uh, you can actually go to their website. Um, it's Megamoth Studios. Give me one second. I'll actually verify it. Uh, but yeah, they have uh, their, the Kickstarter is set up right now to send out notifications. So if you want to sign up for that, then that way you'll be the first one to find out when the Kickstarter actually starts. Okay, perfect. So, so what? So, what is a little bit more detail about the game? Because I know you said that when it uh, launches, er everything will come together. So, like how KeyForge does it, or, or where you just basically access every card that came out. Um. So I'm not sure how KeyForge works, but yes. Yeah, so when the game comes out, uh, you know, like I said, there's three separate decks. Uh, the game will come with all the cards needed for two players to play. And how it's set up, you have one deck, which is your adventure deck. And that is also how one of the major win cons of the game. So at the beginning of each match, you actually draw, or uh, each player draws three adventures, which is pretty much a pattern of the different colors in the game. There's five colors, um, or sorry, four colors, actually. Uh, so it has different patterns of what you pretty much need to solve that adventure. So, uh, let's say it shows two blue and a red. You're going to be collecting leads to c be able to get that map. Uh, and when you complete that adventure, that counts as one of your completed ones. And what you're pretty much aiming for is to get five of those. Okay. Um, and like I said, different, there's different, uh, difficulty. So these adventures are random. You could get adventures that are only three in the pattern up to five. So obviously it's harder to get five of these leads that all match this pattern. Uh, but the rewards are also worth it when it, when it comes to a harder adventure. Uh, they are also working on a draft format, which I've played, and it is quite fun. Uh, and once again, it uses the same decks that already come with the game when you buy it. Uh, and pretty much you guys draft the cards out up to a certain amount, and then you play it with only those cards in hand. Uh, but when you're playing the normal version of the game, which is the competitive version of the game, uh, you guys continue to draw and get rewards based on which adventures you complete. Uh, but the there's also Action X cards. And Action X cards are going to be, if you're comparing it to Magic, it's going to be their sorceries, their spells, uh, you know, counters. And those are the ones that you use to get an advantage on your opponent. Now, okay. one of the really cool mechanics of the game is that there's these cards called relics, and the relics have two ways that they can go. You can be noble, choose noble, which will give you an advantage. For example, it could say every time that you draw a lead, you get an additional lead, um, or every time you collect your reward, you get an additional reward. Or you can go Ruthless, where you play the card upside down, and instead it affects your opponent. Where, for example, if you watched my live yesterday, the person that I was going up against made it so that every time I completed one of my adventures, I got no rewards, which really slowed me down. So so, so it is a lot of... I'm trying to think how to say this. You can stop it your is, opponent from just doing things by, like you said, just saying, cool. You can do whatever you want to, but you're not going to get a reward. I like that. 
Yeah, and there's there's different abilities that you always have that are static. For example, there's thwart, which pretty much says for every t if you have two leads that are the same color, and your opponent tries to play a feat, you can thwart them and pay the cost. So pretty much it's a counter spell. However, your opponent can also counter spell your counter. So you guys, for example, yesterday I went on a thwart off with somebody, and we ended up thwarting four times back and forth. Now my next question is this: cause I said I was able to see someone, but I was not able to like see the cards because it was um, over stream. So, what is the art style of the game? Like, how how would you put the art style? So, right now, the cards that you saw that are on tabletop simulators, those are their um, old design okay. before they hired artists. They've now hired uh, a couple of artists from all around the world, and their aesthetic, like I said, it's kind of going for that. Uh, I would say like comic book feel, but add that like archaeologist type of artwork. Like it kind of looks like an older kind of comic book. Okay, okay. And then, so again, so when you when you do the Kickstarter, you do get everything. And then my next question is like you know, deck building. So you said there's three different that you can choose from. No, so the the game always uses three decks. So okay. you have a deck that's your adventures that both players choose from. There's a lead deck, which are the materials that you need to complete the adventures. And then there's an action X deck. You guys both draw from the same decks the entire game. So think of it kind of like like how when you get a board game, it comes with every card that you need. It's, it's in, in that style where you get everything because you guys are just going to be playing from the same decks and it's oh. always going to be random. Okay, so okay. you don't get to pick what kind of, uh, like, the best way that I can describe it, you know when you're playing Magic and you go in and you're like, oh, I'm going to play an aggro deck, and someone else is like, well, I'm going to play a counters deck. In here, when you play this game, every game is going to be an individual experience because you're going to have to change on the fly based on what cards you're drawing. Sometimes I play super aggro because the cards just happen to land that way. But yesterday's game, I had to play very defensive because all the cards I got were defensive as I was drawing. So it really changes. You don't get to go in there with a plan. It's just like you were going on a treasure hunt. You don't know what's going to happen. It's all up to how you can adapt to the current situation. Okay, so I, okay, I definitely like that that feeling. Like you said, you can't just go in and say, "Okay, hey, I'm I'm playing this deck." It's just like you said, you got to be able to play the game on the fly. Which to me, at like you said, no no game will ever be the same. I'm definitely, it, it, I'm definitely interested. In yeah, I've played many games and none of them have been the same. Uh, I've seen people win from different win cons that have popped up. Um, so, so the game is very, very adaptable. Uh, like I said, they're aiming more for a competitive feel. And the more and more I play, the more and more I see it. It's like playing chess. Imagine a chess match between two masters. The better and better that you play and the better and better you learn the deck, you're able to adapt to things quicker because you understand how everything works. And some of the masters, man, I played this kid yesterday, Laird. Uh, this guy has over 100 games under his belt. And this kid, it's, it's incredible watching him play. Now, you said... <coughs> 
<coughs> I'm already dying. Um, so he did say that um, it is available on TTS now to try out. Now, where can people find the the rules for the game? Is that will be included Kickstarter or do they have a website? Yeah, so the best way to do it is you could either go to my TikTok, click on my beacons, and I have a link to them directly. Your second bet would be to add them on TikTok. It's Mega Moth Studios. Um, they're also available on Instagram. And then join the Discord. The Discord is where everything goes down. Every Tuesday we play from 9 to 11 uh, Eastern Time, P. Uh, p.m. and 8 to 10 central time uh we play every tuesday it's called tuesday night x we pretty much set up rooms with uh you know people that already know how to play and new players uh people that want to watch can spectate if they want to they can ask questions because the developers are there every single tuesday they always make sure that at least one of them is there to communicate to understand the rules with players um, which is great to see a company that's showing so much detail and so much care to uh, the people that want to play their game. All right, perfect. And that that is Mega Moth Studio. Yes, moth like like not a butterfly, but a moth. <laughs> perfect. That's I'm, I'm on a website now, and I am joining the beta because I am 100 interested in this, and I, I definitely I said get how you explain it. It it sounds. Very fun. Like it, it's definitely fine game. You know, you, you get some friends over, maybe set up a couple of tables, play it. And like you said, what, what it intrigues me so much is again, that everybody can have a different experience playing this game. So, so that uh, I love games and that, that excites me so much. So again, um, that is mega moth studios. And then you say you join the beta and then you can also get, you say get notified for the Kickstarter. Yep. Um, so the game is called X Seekers of Fortune, and you can sign up for the Kickstarter right on their page so that you're notified when it becomes active. And I will let you guys in on a little back end. Right now, they are, if you sign up on their website to be notified to subscribe, you will get a foil promo that has not been chosen officially. But I know what it might be, and it is a great card. So you definitely want to sign up for that because you'll be able to get the first foil of that card when it comes out. Oh, so so card can come in foil too? Yep. So that's why, like I said, they are planning, besides the base set, uh, kind of the vision that they want to head into is eventually have boosters where you can get new adventures that you can add to your deck, but you could also get foil cards that you might be able to put into your deck. So you can glamour out your deck. Oh, and man. when they do their Kickstarter, there is going to be plans of getting some very, very cool things. So. Okay, yeah, so I'm excited for it. So I'm signing up now for it because I definitely want to be in the loop for it. Because it, it's not exciting for me. And again, I like the fact that I can go and purchase one thing and I, I am ready to play. That that right there is very, very exciting. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh and and you know, another thing is is it's very easy to learn how to play. Um we actually had a new person who had never seen the game yesterday. They watched one game with me versus someone else. He played his second game and he actually 
almost won that first game. He understood the rules well. He was a magic player for a long time, which is another advantage of the game. If you kind of understand wording and how mechanics work from magic, it definitely helps you in playing this game because they have some very cool mechanics that they've made their own. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very easy game to play. And I'll say this, I've seen games range from 25 minutes at the shortest to my game yesterday was an hour and 10 minutes. So, the you know, it, it is a game of wits, like I said, um, but you can have quick games. But if you also want those long games, they're in there. All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. And um, so we still, we still don't know when the Kickstarter will go live. We're still waiting for notification. But once we get that, then... It'll be off to the races. Yep. So they just want to make sure that they're going to put out the best product that they can. Uh, you know, all us game testers that have been in there have pretty much been trying to figure out, you know, find out if there's any broken parts of the game. Uh, what happens if we switch this ability to be this? Um, right now, we're even considering testing a four-player mode, which I'm super excited because we may test that next week. So... It, the game is evolving as we speak, but they do want to get the game out there to people because they think that the product is as good as it can be. And right now, it's just a matter of getting more people to play it and to be uh, aware of the game. All right, perfect. You know, thank you uh, for sharing that. Um, I know everyone that, that listens to us, they are definitely game enthusiasts, so... I definitely see um, this coming out. And again, you said Tuesdays at 9? Yep, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, Join oh. the Discord, and we'll let you know when it starts. Yeah, and then, you know, anybody, you know, is already following Jay Crane, jump on, because like I said, he streams it live. And then, you know, join in, uh, watch, join in at 9 o'clock, see how the game is played, get into some games. I know I might, uh, I definitely want to go ahead and get into some, because I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I'd love to have you guys there. I think you guys would have a lot of fun. Maybe we might want to put like any various associated links on the uh, YouTube comments uh, once uh, we once this gets posted. Yes, I, I got the. Yeah, uh, I, that's why I double checked to make sure it wasn't. For some reason, I went to Mega Moth, like not Moth, but Moss M O S S. I'm like, wait, this don't seem right. They're trying to sell me <laughs> e girls. I don't want no damn e girl. <laughs> but I, I got I got the link here so I can make sure that it's posted correctly because yeah I'm not sure that first one was. <laughs> but all right, perfect. Moving on, I don't have a catchy segue because I'm over here still choking on this sprite. I don't know why I'm I'm like literally dying <laughs> on this sprite. But it is spoiler time. Who's ready for some spoilers? I know Jay Crane is. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to give spoilers. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a while. So, this so is gonna, how this do we gonna, want to do this? Yeah, because I'm like, I normally like, like when I do movie reviews, you know, I kind of start from the top and work my way down to the bottom. I've never done a book, like an actual book review before. So, I don't even know how to even start it. I, I guess we'll start with what the book is about. Yeah, I would give I'd give a general synapse for people that don't know what the book is at all, and then maybe go into some spoilers. All right. Per, um, yeah, it's like we could start with a non-spoiler section and then do a spoiler section. 
So, uh, who, who wants to get a synopsis? Do you have the book in front of you or no? I do. <laughs> I was going to say, just read the synopsis. I do. Okay, so... Alright. So, Alpha Clash. Page one. Nor portion of this book... That's not what I want to read. Uh, <clears throat> All right, so Applecloud is, as we know, is a super, is a, because it started off as a novel, right? First, like that, that's where it started, the graphic novel, and then evolved into the game. Correct. Okay. But from what I've heard that it started as a, a script for this book. So the story of Clash is a superhero-based um, I'm gonna say it's it's superhero based, but based in our world. I would say it's alternative uh, world, alternative timeline, where there are people who gain powers through the pool. Hold through on, the I, awakening. Through, through, well, through, yeah, the yeah, pool doesn't give them powers. It's a side effect of it. Okay, so yeah, so the awakening gives them powers, and the pools will course force and fight. So yeah. these people who gain these powers are considered alphas. And so the story of the book is that these alphas have awakened and the the pool basically forces them to fight each other. But these are, again, people who have some who have cool powers. And thank you, Jake, because that, that is not on the damn ebook at all. Yeah, here, I'll read, I'll read it out loud. Because <laughs> I, I, I was looking up like, it's not on the ebook. I'm I'm like this can't be what's written on the back of the book. There's it's not no way that it's all this. Like that that is not <laughs> on this ebook at all. <laughs> all right, so a massive explosion rocks CERN Labs in Geneva, triggering a global phenomenon. People all around the world, now known as alphas, awaken with extraordinary powers and an insatiable desire for battle. As the clash between these superpower beings escalate. The world teeters on the brink of chaos. Amid the turmoil, a mysterious champion emerges. Forged by countless alpha clashes across the ages and determined to avert catastrophe catastrophe for Earth. Yet lurking in the shadows are other forces, eagerly observing to see which alpha will emerge victorious. Uncover the captivating origins of Alpha Clash, the sensational graphic novel and trading card game that has taken the entertainment world by storm. With a rich and immersive universe created by a team of visionary storytellers, Alpha Clash stands as the thrilling multimedia phenomenon for fans of spellbinding lore. Thank you, because that I was I was struggling. I, I, I was yeah, fight, let the I was, professionals handle the summary. I, I was fighting for my life. Because <laughs> I say, yes, I, I was. I think that gives a perfect summary of what this is. Uh but yeah, yeah. So like, um, so we we have a couple main characters in here, and um, for people who so there are two versions of the book that are floating around. You have one book that was a review copy. Um, that was unfinished, and you have the finished product. There are things that I do want to say that are different from the review copies that went out first compared to the ones that are out now. Um, some characters still stay dead. 
Uh, we discussed before, because if you read the graphic novel, the first, I want to say, yeah, like the first half of the book is the graphic novel. So, yes. So the that, that's the big the thing. The graphic novel, yes. Yeah, so if you read the graphic About. novel, they add, they add a little bit more, they give a little bit more, like, backstory and depth to some people, but it's pretty much the same. Um, if you thought that T-Bone was going to get saved in the book, I'm sorry. He didn't. I really did. I thought they were going to save him. No, no it, this is a bloodbath, and you don't even know the half of it. Like, like, what makes it worse, I feel like he died worse in the book. I'm like, he, did. he took a beating. He I'm like, Jesus. Beating. like, he took a beating. I'm like, Jesus, like, I get it. Like, I, I know some people were like very, like, kind of torn on Team Bones' death. I'm like, I, so let me say before we get to the spoiler part, I was starting to agree with people saying, like, hey, he was a bad guy. He murdered someone. He's beating his girlfriend. He was, you know, street thug. You know, he kind of deserved to go. I would have been okay with that if the bullshit that happened at the end of the book never happened. And that made oh. me go, fuck you. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what are you referring to? Because I don't recall. I am referring to Magnate getting cured. Oh, that. That's way later, though. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, I get that. that's, that's one of the big, I, I guess, one of the big spoilers of it. But. Uh, so the characters, so to explain the characters of people who don't know yet, um, you have Captain Maxine Riggins, who has the nickname Moxie, which is explained in the dumbest way I've ever heard. Um, it's because she has it's a lot a of sign. like she has a lot of Moxie to it. Okay, um, you have Magnate, who is the big. I'm gonna say he is the big false bad. Like he he's the bad, but. When you get more into it, he's the false bad guy. You have Little Haven, who is an adopted orphan who is found in a dumpster who has mythical powers that no one can explain. You have the greatest character ever written on page, Mean Streak, a.k.a. Curtis. And then you have the wonderful, mythical, beautiful Clarity. They, this, this is your main character, you have some side characters in there, um, like, I'm just messed up his name, Warcry. Warcry, Shadowlight, Torque later on. Oh, God, I forgot about Shadowlight. Yeah, Shadowlight is also a very important character. Uh, Shadowlight, or in the book, Archie, uh, his, uh, he gets his um, super, superhero name towards the middle of the book. Um, Archie, Archie has probably the most, once you read the book, you kind of want to know way more about him. But they give you just enough. But it's something I'm telling you. Like after rereading it for a second time, I I don't trust Archie at all. I I really do not trust him. Can we can we just take a moment, okay? Because you kind of just broke something to me. <laughs> like why? So, so Magnate gets cured. Yeah. So so to to talk about this kind of because that goes to explain Clarity's powers, which apparently are fucking limitless. So she can heal people, which we know, but she can also pull people, which again was established in the book. She can pull people out of the pool to make them where they don't want to kill each other. Yeah, she can go in their heads and essentially disable how the pool works, 
which the pull works in various ways and has various effects on people and different people react to the pull in different ways in their own right some is mm-hmm. like embrace it some are controlled by it some are tricked by it some are it's like just like a whisper in their ear and, and speak about this Clarity can break that hold. Clarity can break that hold. But I just, we're talking about that. I realized something. She never, quote unquote, cured Mean Street from the pool. He, yeah, I thought I missed something too. Like, like he, yeah, she, he never does not did. get clarified. Like she, he, he never been clarified. Like he broke from the pool himself. And that's why I say he is the most, I, 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 I will say this and I will go tooth and nail. He is probably one of the greatest characters I have seen written in a very long time. His entire, from the time he starts to the end of this book, has been amazing. And like, again, he's the only person that was not cured and said, cool, I don't want to do this. So it's like, okay, cool. How were you able to fight and resist this besides killing T-Bone? But I think that wasn't even the pool. That was just more of like, hey, you killed someone who I cared about, so I'm just going to kill you back. I have some theories as to how he beat it, but uh, we'll get into those in spoiler sections. Yes. Um, so- Essentially, the short answer is I think Haven did it. Ooh, because, again, Haven is another character that's very, very... Um, they touch on a lot, so the biggest thing is that they reveal is that Haven had her powers before the Awakening even started. Yeah, because there's the implication throughout the book is that Alpha Clash has been going on for a long time. There are always these apocalyptic crap shows and giant crap storms and very little survives afterwards. That's generally how they're supposed to work. But according to Clarity, who's seen a number of these, this one, something is going wrong with it. And we're not entirely sure what that is, but we have a pretty good idea of who is responsible. But spoiler section. Yes. Ooh, I like it. I like it. So the first, the first half of the book starts off with um, Magnate basically going around and saying, "Cool, I'm just going to just, I, I'm, I'm big dog. If you want to find me, this is where I'm be at, and while I'm here, I'm just going to kill everybody who I see." So he is very Magnate is very very smart. And sets traps for different um, alphas to come and find him so he can kill him. Because unbeknownst to them, they, they just know they need to fight and kill each other. But they don't know the reasoning why. And that's when the U.S. Army steps in. Which is like, okay, that, that makes sense. But I'll get into that a little bit. And they send... Maxine Moxie Riggins on a match to fight um, Magnate. Magnate whoops that ass. I mean, let's call it as she gets her ass whooped. In the book, uh, I get the feeling that uh, Moxie's armor is a lot more impressive. Even at this stage, it's like her armor is, is like in the cards kind of suggests that it's basically just this breastplate and a jetpack. It's a lot yeah. more than that. It's, yeah, it's definitely a lot more. basically going out there in a second skin in actual, honest-to-God, armor. It just doesn't look like it because it's really form-fitting in the first version. 
But in in the later versions of it, which you see in cars like Moxie Fully Loaded, that's her proper armor, and size wise, it's actually pretty close, apparently. Yeah, I agree with that. I, based on what I've read, I felt the same way. I was like, uh, the the card necessarily doesn't match where it's at, but uh, that's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they actually point this out in the books. Moxie is canonically five six. Which I thought I thought she was gonna be like five ten or maybe like six two or something because she rocks a desert eagle and those things are known as wrist breakers in like the gun communities. So uh, the fact that she can just like swing that thing around like like a twenty two uh, seemed a little weird. But they also spell out in the book that hers is modified. So yeah, I, yeah, armor weapons are modified. modified. 45 ACPs because there are real world desert eagles that are chambered in 45 which is another interesting thing about Moxie in general if you're unfamiliar with the character a lot of her weapons are more practical than they look because they're based on things that actually exist like A-10 yep. warthogs are real yes yeah. yep that's why I like Moxie that's why I like right. her and, and like um so I, I know I said before I feel like in the original draft of it I felt Moxie was as stiff as a board um, I just so like compared to every other character, she was the most boring person next to Colonel Edwards. To be honest, I thought he was dead at one point, and he wasn't. Like that's how much I I thought he'd be a bigger part in the store because because of the the car game. You yeah, thing when you first got into Alpha Clash, you first played a black deck. You know Colonel Edwards was that card that kind of got everything rolling, and he's the most forgettable person in here. But in the redone of the book, like the final version, Moxie is definitely a way better fleshed out character. And it, it shows that. That's my girl. And, and it's like at first, it's like, cool, this is my mission. But in the redone of the book, it's more, I felt it was more of a vengeance against Magnate than anything. Where. I like reading the book now. She had more; it was more conflict in her between the mission and the true mission, and which which I I love that when you have someone's like, "Hey, this is what's going on. We need to do this instead of this. Let me follow orders." And I thought I gave her so much more thing. And then every suit that you that you see in the in the card game, she goes through those things, and it's like every time she gets a new suit. It's learning from her battles with the different alphas. Oh, and it's being you upgraded guys are along the way. Hyped up again. Like, it, it, like, it's always upgraded, but I'm sorry. Like, every time she upgrades, I hate to say it, but Magnate kept whooping that ass. Like, Man, like Ryo, if you could only relive that in real life, huh? Right. Oh, God. Let's see. Here, here we go. I I I don't I need Mag I, I don't need Magnet anymore. I got war now. I got war now because you know, fuck that. Like that that I'm sorry. That Moxie fully loaded. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then we're introduced to characters like War um War Cry. And then we get introduced to more of the twisted. Alphas that actually survive longer than three seconds. Um, spoiler alert: If people who like Plasmax, he doesn't survive. He gets his he gets his skull crushed. 
Yeah, that happened in the novel too. It's just I wasn't sure if it had stuck. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's yeah. kind of bad for Al or AJ Light or whatever his name is because he's writing this story where anybody can die and so there are legitimate stakes. But what he failed to take into account is that this is a superhero story and nobody dies in superhero comics. Oh, so Pla- he's, he's got an uphill battle against that. Oh no, I'm sorry, Plasma. No one I- believes anyone is dead. Like I don't believe yeah, that I don't believe T Bone's dead. I I don't think T Bone's fully dead. Plasmax, I'm sorry, that man's gone. <laughs> Plasmax might still be alive because he was in his plasma form and he got a skull crushed. And That's he, true. he in the card he's got this skull form now. That so is maybe, true. Uh, that is true. Because the original one he looks like an actual guy, and the new one he does have a skull face. Yeah, maybe that's a stylistic player. thing, or maybe uh, it's just his regeneration after getting his head stomped in. It's like if he came back and he had a grudge against Mean Streak, he's going to try to pursue that now. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny because Mean Streak. Would get I really like that. that. I kind of like that. I, li- I, I like that. You know yeah, what? Yeah, because Mean Streak loves clowning on people. He's really channeling that Hawkeye energy. He, he re- now, now, I do have a question because maybe I missed this shit. The Avenging guy is in the book. Like he's in the graphic novel. He's in the book. I don't know what happened to him. Is he dead? Uh, he was in New York, but uh, the conflict that moved away that from roof, him. shooting arrows. Like he was dead. Like he was just up there. I'm like, but it's like if the Avenging guy doesn't move with the conflict. Paul does. Paul, yes. yes! We so oh, my boy. Paul he keeps getting trapped in this crap. Paul is so okay. So again, so I know a lot of people who, who did sign for the Kickstarter, what they they didn't understand the promo Paul card. So Paul is a character that's been that's everywhere, and Paul is a waiter, and Paul is there to talk shit and chew bubble gum, and literally it's the most calmest person out of everyone doing this shit. And I'm sorry, even towards the end of the book, we're like, hey, we need help evacuating. Guess who came through? My man Paul. My man Paul said, hey, I've been through this. Hey, Maxine, is that you? I got it. Guess who got stabbed immediately? Weber. (laughs) At the end of the book, should we spoil this now? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, at the end of the book, Paul goes home to uh, live with his parents again because he's, like, spent all his money. He whips out his computer, and he starts writing the book that we've been reading. So he's he is cataloging all of this stuff in universe. He is essentially the narrator. That's awesome. And That's I said, awesome. I said, Paul again. Paul is the most amazing character because he's just like, yo, I'm here. <laughs> and again, Weber, my God. So let's talk about let's. So Weber lives. I'm not mad about it, but Weber is that. It's like, bro, like you are a simp. Like we get it, you love you love her, but Jesus Christ! Every time I turn around, where's Weber? He done got stabbed. He done got bitch slapped. He done got his face put into a wall. I'm like Jesus Christ! Go home. This ain't for you. Like yeah, Magnate bitch slapped the shit out of Weber. I'm surprised he lived, but I'm like, bro, stop. Like Jesus Christ, like like this eight year old is holding her own better than this sergeant. I'm like, dude, you you're not you're not built for this. 
<laughs> yeah, but he is there anyway, so he's got that Imperial Guard thing going on. Yeah, for sure. It's like... He is clearly outclassed, and he doesn't care. Like, he is, like, like, like bro, like you, like, you got stabbed by Groot, man. Like, you over here bleeding out and shit. <laughs> like, Weber, Weber is that guy that uh, I'm like, cool. Now, getting into some, um, who I feel like was also another great character, like, his introduction was probably the best I've ever seen. And if you're a fan of Daredevil, you're Dale, a, Dale, a friend of Russian mob bosses, that's Torque or AKA Twerk to the fullest. This man came onto the scene, went to a Chinese restaurant, and torqued somebody's head clean off. Torqued a few guys' heads clean off. And the whole time, he is just talking shit to everybody. And when you read it, you can only think of just Wilson Fisk or just a Russian mob boss. Like, that's the voice you hear immediately. Because they, they, you know, what they say, he was, what, 6'7"? It's something like that. Like he was yeah, six seven, three hundred twenty five pounds, and just in there ripping people's heads off. And then that fight, I, I think, um, when when the when the introduction of the book happened, when they introduced that fight, I did get very very hyped because it's the first time where Warcry, I guess, got super buff over, like, got super ripped. Um, you had Kilimanjaro there. You had uh yeah, Sunro there. Like like they, they like they literally all assembled where you had Moxie and I think her second form armor, the the cost the grade three, I mean cost three armor. And you even had Lynn pop up and be a little problem and then yeah, she yeah. and Mean Streak flew off. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get to Lynn. But like you know Lynn the Norwegian. <sighs> mm. If I drunk alcohol, I will take a take a shot right now. Because Lynn, cause, cause what does Lynn stay for stand for again? It's like ligament something. Like, like it's actually an anagram for like something. I guess the um, the government made her in secret. Yeah, because she had the, the, the Norse government. Mm-hmm. And so basically what she does is she is designed to hunt and kill alphas. No matter who they are, so she gets there, you know, starts fighting, you know, mainstreaming her, have a great fight. Uh, I think this is when we get to see like Kilimanjaro's full power, uh, Sonoro's his power. So, you know, everybody's fighting really good. And then Moxie comes up with the idea to try to do a trap for Magnate. And that's when all hell breaks loose. So Magnate knew about the trap and set a trap oh, for them. Corner office. Yes. Okay, and, so we're at that part now. Uh, and he set a trap for them, and this is when the bloodbath happens. So he had recruited. So Magnate had went out and recruited Alpha Alphas on his own. Um, he had recruited Flair. Uh, here recorded Mac Machnia. Am I saying that right? Mach- uh, Machina, I think it is uh, canonically. Uh, okay, he, I would Machina too. He had recruited everybody's favorite Coggin. Coggin. And I, I love Mean Streak 
line when they all show up. Oh yeah, Apex is there too. Apex is there too. And when I and then also and also can't can't forget. Oh wait, let me, let's let's back up a little bit. So as they're as they're fighting, Tork Tork got caught, got captured because Archie Shadowlight went inside of his body. Yeah, because Torkin energy absorbed, so he actually could, was able to absorb Shadowlight into him. But he couldn't absorb the dark side, so the dark side went, gonna kick you in the neck! Literally. And proceeds to do that. Literally. Reaches, the dark half reaches into Torque and pulls it out. Look at the guard. Piercing strike. That's what that's a reference to. Get the Get hell out of here. <laughs> so, so Torque gets captured, but it, it gets funnier. Because since he had literally a, a shadow rip something out of him, he is now permanently afraid of the dark. I don't think that's what makes him afraid of the dark. I think what makes him afraid of the dark was what happens later. Oh, when uh, Clarity tried to uh, yeah, clarify Clarity him? Clarity does try to <clears throat> clarify him when they capture him, and she goes inside his head, and it is the most messed up thing. Yeah, this this man is a serial killer who loves what he does. So he's he's like one of, one of the alphas that's not being controlled, that he's fully embraced it. So there's no curing him. Like He's just truly... A fucked up person, and to me, I feel like that yeah, makes him so much scarier. Because like he has, nor more so, clarity has to literally force him to what she did, like have him feel his victims felt. Yeah, because clarity, as it turns out, is a little fucked up too. Because she uh, gets all of the sort of zombie victims that are riding around in Torque's bus. Yeah, because apparently this guy was a bus driver. Yeah. And uh, she gets all of the zombies to just overwhelm Torque, and he's terrified of that. It's like at the end of the book when he's wandering away from a battle, he's like staying away from the shadows. He's that scared of the dark now. Wow. And uh, at one point, uh, after like they're done visiting him, uh, she calls Mean Streak aside for a second, and one of Mean Streak's streaks slips into his cell and breaks all the lights in the room. To leave him in dark. So, so he's uh, in there screaming. That's that's dope. And so, that's but but of course, as he's captured by the fucking U.S. government, guess what they do? Well, it's what here comes the boom. <laughs> literally, oh, like, to. like, and I'm sorry when you read that part in the book. If you're a fan of that card, you literally lose your shit. But the government decides, say, cool, we don't trust Moxie's team, so we need a contingency plan. So we're going to go ahead and enlist the psychopath to be our insurance policy. Wow. So in the battle, so in, so towards the end of the battle. Um, I, I know I've mentioned him, um, Kowleen, because, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, Kowleen's got a huge arc, actually. So I'll let you know what, Drake, I'll let you talk about Kowleen, because I don't have anything positive to say about this man. I don't. Oh, I like Kowleen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like I liked his sidekick more, and I don't even know her name. <laughs> I... Dang it, I don't remember it either. Uh, yeah. You see her in the background of the card art abatement? Yeah, yeah, I've seen her. Don't don't know her name. 
But she's there. But she's she's more interesting than Cowling is to me. But so yeah, Cowling's Cal- got that very uh, nice guy martial arts kind of naive doofus thing going on. He like chats up this homeless guy and makes friends with him, and the homeless guy winds up uh, not showing up for a meeting that they had because the homeless guy got snatched up by drumroll the discarded. If you were wondering when they were gonna show up, they Cowley has been hunting the discarded all across the Asian countryside and has tracked down uh, various portals that they've been coming through, and so his that's basically what his side of the story is revolving around is containing the discarded and so so the discarded are they were i'm trying to get this right they were discarded from the by the harbingers so the harbingers um if people are knowing or seeing cars now you know death war pestilence you know four horsemen they are the true bad they they are the truly evil part that is says in the synopsis that they're trying to advert. So kind of. Kind of. Sort of. That don't work well. Um so to back up a little bit, so the thing the reason why the awakening is happening pool is happening is so that the alphas will fight each other and then the one that's left will fight the other one, see who's better. And then the harbingers will come to destroy the planet to start it over again and recruit the uh surviving alphas if they choose if they prove to be worthy and clarity's thing is since she lived through these things multiple times she's trying to avert it from happening so the way that she can avert it from happening is by having the alphas not fight each other so if she clarifies them they no longer will want to fight which then that will not alert death because once death is alerted that is happening, she comes in and starts to end the world. So that is the plan and why clarity is trying to purify so many people with, but magnate in his crazed world, he wants it to happen because he feels he is the strongest. Yeah, also, the Harbingers each have roles in uh, setting up after the Alpha Clash. Uh, Essentially, Death, uh, like Ryerson said, uh, she's in charge of detecting when uh, the Alphas are ready by how many kills have happened. Then there's Conquest, who manages the portal, like in the card game. And then there's War, who just sows a bunch of chaos. And finally, Pestilence comes along, and he's the cleanup crew. And that's what they're trying to avoid. And the discarded, <clears throat> they want revenge on everything. So they want to be what's left on Earth. And that's what Kaoling is. His whole role is to keep them at bay. Does a, uh, Spoiler, ter- does a terrible job. Yeah, Kaoling doesn't even know what's up and how the discarded became so relevant suddenly to matters in America. I wonder if we should get to that spoiler now because we're about at that point in the book. I feel like we definitely should because, again, I feel like he just did a terror. Like, he, was, he had one job and he did not do it well. 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, as we were talking about the Harbingers that are coming, those might be better described as the current Harbingers because apparently Harbingers are titles that get passed down and Clarity used to be the Harbinger of Death. And that's how she knows all this stuff is because she uh, was around to see it happen because she was a Harbinger and an Alpha, apparently, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that the next set of Harbingers are going to be like former Alphas in their own right. And she's not the only former Harbinger floating no, around. There is a is former not. war Harbinger uh, called Genesis who has apparently been orchestrating all of this stuff with the discarded in order to, we're not quite sure yet. I, I think he is trying to, I, I truly think that the awakening was not supposed to happen at this time. And I believe he is trying, I believe his whole goal was to kickstart it. Like that, that is my theory of it. Cause again, the th biggest theory is, how did Haven have her powers beforehand? I think Haven, I truly think Haven is older than what she looks like. And has been around before. And that's why she still has her powers. But I feel like Genesis is trying to start the awakening sooner than it needs to be. And he's looping in the discarded purposefully in order to sow chaos. And again, to what end, we're not exactly sure yet, because Clarity, quote-unquote, kills him. Of mm -hmm. all the deaths in the book, that is the one I call the biggest bullshit on, because we don't even see it happen. All we see is Clarity goes down after Genesis, down a hole, with a giant hammer, comes up with a bloody hammer, and a promise that she got it done. Bullshit. I, I don't... I, and how powerful he was and how much trouble he... The only person who gave Clarity any kind of trouble... I don't feel like he would go into a fight with her knowing how good she is without some type of contingency plan. So I do not feel like Genesis is dead. I truly feel like in uh, the second book, which is coming, that he will be a, a, a huge threat to everyone. Now, He's either going to be a huge threat or a posthumous threat, but his plans are not over. Yeah, I, I feel like he's truly orchestrating everything. Now, we, when we get to the battle, so we got, you know, the army coming in. You know, they're doing the army stuff. Um, people are getting killed. Kyle Ling is there swinging, whatever he's doing. And we start getting to the blood baths. Um, the biggest one that caught me off completely guard was Sunro's death. Sunro's death. Okay, so it's not the one I was thinking of. Yeah, no, that, that, that one, that one through, I didn't see it coming. Cause he had just he had just you know neutralized some people. He was good, and that's all thing you read is that the green magnate spear went through his chest. I thought um, uh, Flair fried his skull. Yeah. So first he got he got hit through he got hit through the chest, and then Flair, for just good measure, burned his skull off. Yeah, that's pretty definitive. Ain't coming back from that. Like that, that one. Yeah, that's pretty permanent. Like that one, really. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like anybody can die at any time, and unfortunately, um, Kilimanjaro. If you're a fan of his, he ain't make it. 
<laughs> yeah, Sagan got him as as you would imagine. Just be honest though, who's out here fanboying over Kilimanjaro? I, I think it's like one person. I think I think right there by themselves. Yeah. They, they probably listen and go, ah, no. <laughs> I think his only fan is Kilimanjaro with glasses. Like, <laughs> I mean, Kagan cut his head off. <laughs> like he's done, and Machnia. Fucked mean streak up. Like the card shrapnel. That's from him throwing a car door, like ripping it up and throwing it at him because the shrapnel was too small that he could not dodge it. Oh, wow. So, mean streak, spoiler, he ain't die. But he had, no, no, I'm sorry. I will, I'm not going to say yeah, it. He did die. He did die. He did but die. But it didn't stick. So he did die again. Wait, 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 he did die, but they reversed it? Is that what you said? Basically. No, um, uh, Machina threw him into a river. Again. But uh, one of Mean Streak's streaks went to Clarity, and Clarity sent sort of healing power to Mean Streak, and this wound up reviving him. This this woman's powers really are limitless. I told you, like and like so so he did die because Lynn was is there after being beaten up and she scanned him and it came back that he was dead. So you know it was heartbreaking moment. So it it, it honestly it was fucking sad because I'm like damn. And then of course he came back and was able to kill Apex and kill Kagan. Took him out. Um, Haven he was took out Kagan. Yeah, K- yeah, Kagan is dead. And then you. What had, happened to Kagan? Uh, um, I had to pull it back up, but I think, I, I think he's got punched a bunch of times. <laughs> I thought Kagan survived. I might. Uh, you know what? I may be wrong. I, I may I be wrong. Say, he, I can't verify or deny. Uh, he, he still, he still may be alive. Um, and then yeah, I, there was another one that I really wasn't sure about, that, and that's Flair. I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened to Flair, and to explain what happened to Flair, she ran into who again somebody who I do not trust, Shadow Light, and he like absorbed the light out of her face. Like well, that wasn't what I was thinking of. Like, like, like she, like they said that like she left her, like he left her, and she was pale. Are you sure that's the? Uh... Most recent version? Yes, because they even have the card for it, and like I, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't understand what happened to her. That, that that's the big thing. I don't understand. No, like she was laying off her fire. I think she like was a, like a Nova Birch or something. I don't know what. Yeah, happened. where Torque swung her around like a battering ram yeah. against all the uh, discarded, and then uh, it's like you don't understand. I can't hold my powers back anymore, and then just nuke. And I, and I just that's like literally Tork just walked it off because he's torque. And that's why I said, like, I don't know what happened. Cause they say like, like her body was left there. They didn't say, it didn't say lifeless. It said colorless. Hmm. So I, I don't, I don't think she's dead. I think probably what happened. Um, she just probably has like absorbed sun rays. Cause when he found her, she was in Antarctica in the middle of the sun. So I, I think she just had to absorb like rays from the sun, and she'll be fine. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I was kind of thinking that she died and became the new death because they are way too close looking together. They they really are. 
That would be kind yeah, of cool. Yeah, yeah, I already have some thing. joke decks that include Flair and uh, Death, is sort of like implying that Death and Flair are the same person. That actually, that actually be kind of cool. Like that, that actually makes a lot of a lot of sense. Um, yeah, because you don't see Death until after uh, 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 Flair is done for the story. Because after that nuke, we don't hear much about her. We hear about her nuke, but we don't hear about her. At, at all. And then, of course, the army calls in the a of Warhog, and there's some guy who I think was important to the story. He dies in it, but they didn't even care, so I didn't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, a bunch of those squads that uh, Warcry and uh, Cowling were following around, uh, so they get totally shredded. Because they're their own They thing. do find a... Yeah, they do find a portal where apparently this king of the discarded is hanging out and he's sending troops through. Incidentally, this is not Rizlak. I don't know where Rizlak is. I didn't catch uh, any reference to him. Yeah, like we, like, we, like we got like a serpent discarded. We got a like cool sign discarded. Yeah, we, got a, we got a reference to Morak, but we did not get a re- who uh, yeah got beheaded by Kagan, by the way. But we didn't get a Rizlak reference. Which apparently Rizlak is this big player, but unless Rizlak is this uh, king, uh, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. And then, oh, and then of course Haven is there pulling out. Maybe Rizlak is later. I hope Rizlak is later. And Haven has her magic bag that acts like a portal, and the whole time she's pulling out guns and getting them to Clarity. Yeah, that's something we, I, I didn't mention. Clarity knew somebody from back in the day who was like a a fucking Mexican mob boss who just has, you know, trailers full of guns. And they put all these guns and explosives inside of an eight-year-old's bag. Oh, where yeah, where Clarity Mean Street go game? to uh, the cartel in order to uh, uh, pick up his weapons because yeah. she's apparently... Clarity's an old ally, this guy's grandfather or something. Yeah, like, that That happens. It, it, there's a reason why I just told him how to talk about it because I'm like, Okay, <laughs> like sometimes in, in books and movies, you you gotta have something that pushes the plot along. And I'm like, France with cartel, sure, whatever, D- yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, like I'm not I'm not gonna argue it. I I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. And so this whole time, Haven is literally pulling out fucking guns <laughs> out of her book bag. <laughs> And rocket launcher this shit. Even strapped. (laughs) Even packing heat was apparently cannon. Like I'm like, oh my god! Like, like while while destruction of chaos is going on, Claire's like, hey, AR-15, gotcha. (laughs) Like, this a real thing is happening. Okay, so as we're winding down, when when the cops showed up, you know what she said? Haven provoked. That's what she said. Oh, so actually, I do want to say that. Um, that is oh, yeah, from the book. Provoked. That is a reference. That that is a reference. So, Kilimanjaro. Yeah, even in, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Kilimanjaro went into her secret space, but when he was there, like it cut him off from his power. So he has like earth-based powers. So his powers are based around the earth. So when he was there, it like I guess cut him off from his powers, or it, it did something to him. So he started to freak out, and so he tried to choke up Haven. And whatever they never explained what they what she did to him in the book, 
But whatever he she did, it scared him so bad. And like Haven's powers like pushed him out. And he was terrified of her. But they never explained what he saw. And when they asked Haven about it, she said, well, my room does what I want to do. So I didn't want him there anymore. So he left. I'm like, bullshit. And that's a grown ass man. And who's black with dreads. He was, they said, how do you explain it? He was white in the face. I'm like, no. And then he dies. I, I like that they, they're keeping this mystery going with Haven. I, I like that because it gives us something to continuously like keep an eye out for. Or and, or my favorite thing, theory crafting. Cause I'm like, again, like what? Like, cause they never, they never explain what he saw. And why he was so scared, and that's why I'm like I I I, I want to know more because I'm like, what happened? And again, a whole mystery with Haven, like, you know, she was abandoned, she was an orphan, and when they said that she had her powers before the awakening even happened, and she's still learning it, or how the clarity never knew about her secret space that she could create, or that her bag is literally a infinite portal to whatever she needs to grab. So her back, her book bag, whatever she puts in there goes in and it only comes out when she needs it. But if you look in the bag, it's just an empty bag. Yeah. The, the best way that I've used to describe her, her bag is if you've watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world, yes. it's the same as Ramona's bag. It's a it's a pocket universe that that she has inside of the backpack that she can store stuff in. Yeah, like Kirby's mouth. Same idea. Yeah. <laughs> what that mouth do, Kirby? And that makes me think like I don't know, like my my theory is that Haven is a harbinger. Or a, or a harbinger. harbinger or a past harbinger. Like 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 a harbinger's child. Uh, you know what? What what if we find out that Clarity didn't kill Genesis, and Haven's actually a child of Clarity and Genesis? I doubt it. I doubt it too. Clarity because and Genesis were Haven not exactly on good terms. I mean, what else? I mean, think about it. If I had a child with somebody. Or what if what if what if Haven is Genesis' child, and Haven and Clarity knows that? Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see where the story goes. So getting towards the end of it, um, we have Moxie versus Magnate round four, <laughs> and Moxie is hanging with him like she has her weapons going. She's um, she's actually drawing blood from him. And then he turns the table and keeps telling her, I'm going to melt you inside your suit. And he begins to whoop her ass. And that's when we get the iconic art where he's crushing her skull. I mean, her helmet. And then Clarity's able to get a hold of him and freeze him from the pool. This man who has caused destruction from the time he's stepped on the page gets freed from the fucking pool. So guess what? 
he's no longer a bad guy. Necessarily. I mean, he, he gets he, a feeling he's going to have a lot on his mind lately. Right, he's going to have a lot. But like, the only thing he says before he flies off is, I've killed so many people, and then boom, he's it, gone. It, and it disappears. And it, this is where um, the original copy differs from the finished product. And the original one that I read, Moxie has zero emotions to it. She's like, oh, that's cool. And this one, she she's like, no, and fuck she wants that. To finish him. She's like, fuck that. You did what? I don't care. I'm about to unload everything on you. And she does. She unloads every weapon. And Magnus is like, hey, it makes you feel better. You know, it tingles, but you can go. And, and like, I, I love that because it's like she understands the mission, but she understands the mission mission. Well, her mission is to capture and kill or kill him, but the other mission is to stop the harmony from coming. So it's that final conflict of, I need to finish my mission. I don't care that you're cured. I, I need to kill you to, I can't kill you because you're at, if this happens, you actually would be an ally. And I love that part. But then the worst part of the entire story happens. Lynn. Lynn shows back up. Lynn shows up and she targets her mission again is to kill every alpha. Clarity is an alpha. Clarity gave and her Mag we and Magnate is yeah. too. Clarity gave away her shield necklace to Haven. So when Lynn started to shoot her guns at Clarity, Clarity was shot down and killed no way permit perma killed so far an interesting reaction to this if i might recount it uh so clarity's laying down there and i'm thinking okay yeah lady you can figure out how to heal other people you can probably heal yourself mm -hmm. and then this blue ball of energy starts coming out of her and then i go oh i get it this ball of energy is kind of like a doctor who regeneration it's going to come out of her and then it's going to take the shape of a new clarity whatever new form she's going to be in and this is how she uh has lived all these years and then the ball rises in the sky and explodes it shoots out a beacon to the harbingers. So they are they now have to deal with all the harbinger shenanigans, and they don't have a harbinger on their side now. So what, what Drake just described was yeah. called full blown denial, <laughs> because I went through it too. As I'm like, no, nah, she's good. She, she's good. Hayden will come over, give her the locket. She won't have some type of special juice in there to take. She'll be good. And when. That shit went up and that explosion happened and you heard the rumbles. I'm like, oh my fucking God. I'm like, they killed Clarity and now the heart is coming. But, but this again, this is why Mean Street is the best fucking character of all time. He got his lick back. He beat this bitch down. And then the saddest line in the entire book. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to cry. But Haven said, you know, everybody's watching that she's dead. Haven asks, who's going to take care of me now? And my main mainstream says, I got you. Yeah, mean okay. streak adopts Haven. That's awesome. Like. She's going to learn so many swear words. It's going to be great. Book two is going to be great. <laughs> but, and that's how 
the the big belt and torque wander around trying to not find the dark magnate is just flying low i don't know where cowling he's somewhere um weber is in the hospital again <laughs> yeah um, and uh the interesting thing about this is that this <laughs> with weber and moxie uh right before like the very end of the book is like matt um, uh moxie is torn up about what happened to clarity because clarity is out of the picture now uh, she is thinking that she has failed her mission to stop the Harbingers. Yeah, and, and again, like that was not present in the draft book at all. Once it happened, <clears throat> once Clarity died, the, the, the lines literally are, well, at least we stopped Magnate. Time to go for a debrief. And this one, she's holding her hand. Clarity is talking to her. Like, it's more emotional. It's like, hey, this is somebody who I just spent months with. And I couldn't do anything to save her. I I couldn't keep her. The harmonies are coming. I don't have my friend with me to help me through this. I How am I going to do this? And Clarity basically, and without saying words, saying that she's the leader. And I felt that was the emotional hit that you need. Was her going from, I'm not a soldier anymore. I'm a leader against these harbingers. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I, I got a tear coming down my yeah. eye. I'm sorry. Like that, that whole yeah, ending part was is, is honestly probably the most emotional because it, it made it, it at in the book. It, it was like it was that bittersweet victory. Like they start, they start to discard it somewhat. They got Magnate, I guess, someone on their side, but uh, no, Magnate's uh, flew off. He's probably taking some time to think about stuff. He's gonna get himself a fortress of solitude or something like that. He's probably not gonna show up for a little while. I mean, I, I feel like Magnate's gonna be the first one to go because I'm sorry. Like you, when you think about um, the conquest card, who's getting choked up? Magnate. Yeah, he, he ain't making it. <laughs> now, I, I definitely, I think Magnate is gonna make it. Like conquest, it like choked him up. Like, <laughs> oh, you're pretty. It's comic books. People get held up by the neck all the time. That's true. But well, this dude's basically Superman with gamma radiation. He really is. But I, I yeah, was then saying... again, Superman versus with gamma radiation versus essentially Dark Side. So let's see. Let's see how that goes. Like, take his hammer. So at the end of the day, the only known like alphas that are left alive that are known, um, I'm not going to count Flair in there because I don't know, is Torque, Main Streak, hey, I, I guess we'll count Haven, and Warcry survived. Warcry survived yeah, the whole Shadow time. Shadowlight is also a little disassociated right now, but he's also coming back. He also I survived. Don't... I don't trust him. I, 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 it's something about him. When you read it, it's something about him. It's like, first of all, where'd you go for half the book? Then you just pop back up. You pull pe people out of people's dicks. Then you disappear again. Like, something about him is not right. I think you just don't like the, the fact that he ripped off someone's balls. No, like, that like, that was great. Like, it, it's... I, I feel like he's going to be a problem. Like I feel like he's 
invested in the pool, like he accepted it. Like he he reminds me of Doctor Manhattan. I could see that. Like that, that and that and that's what I'm like. It's something about him that just like he reminds me truly of Doctor Manhattan, where he'd be like, you know, cool. I'm gonna just Rorschach everybody. Because the harbingers need to be here, they need to cleanse the way. I feel like he he's gonna be that person where it's like, bro, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm just gonna kill you. You can't kill me. I am the shadow. I am the light. I am shadow light. Like he'd be like that person. Like I feel like like he's it's like he'll be that dick. Like, he's like a he's like he's like he's a fucking dick. But that, I'm still that's... waiting, man, for them to to come out with a contender that's him. That starts on one side and then you flip it to the other side. That'd be so awesome. Oh yeah. So so how I described it was I want it to be a two-sided card. One be light, one be shadow. But it have so let's say it's let's say just to go off of the basic stuff. Uh if you start it on the light side, it has an ability that starts from when it's 30. And then when you get down to 10, you switch it to the dark side. But you can also start it from the dark side, and it has a different 30 ability. And then when it turns to 10, you flip it to the light side, and it's a different 10 ability. So you can either start dark or start light, but you're going to end dark or end light, depending on what you started. I don't know. It seems a little complicated. Why don't you just have a light card with a dark uh, 10 versus a uh, a dark 10 with a light? Uh, a, a dark uh, shadow light with a uh, light ten. That, yeah, it seems yeah, a little bit. Just have two contender cards, like how how mean. Street yeah, but has. you could have two contender cards. Yeah, uh, definitely. A mean streak definitely proves that. Yeah, no, that's true. It could be two different ones. Yeah, maybe shadow light could be the uh, one of the starters of the next set. I, 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 I would love that because um, what is set three called again? Uh, rivalries. Okay, I, I can give. That. I thought I thought set three was going to be called uh, Operation Corner Office because the book goes in three parts: Awakening, Clash Grounds, and Operation Corner Office. That's what I thought it'd be too. Because like, it was crazy. Like get like get into like the second part when that shit set Clash Grounds. I said, "Oh shit." And I'm not gonna lie, I thought it would see Harbingers, but I'm like, nah, that that's that's too much right now. Keep keep yeah, keep stuff on the wraps. So so Drake, I'm gonna start with you. What uh, you had to rate the book on a scale of one to ten? What would you give it? Ah, uh, uh, one to ten scale. Uh, I would probably give it somewhere like a low eight, but keep in mind my standards are kind of high and. Uh, it's definitely functional, but what I would say it lacks is that there's not really any kind of thematic through line going through it that I could detect that would have really taken that good thing, that solid thing, and really made it great. Yeah, so that's my, so based on the, how much of the book I've read so far, uh, I also give it low eights. That's where I was heading. So I don't think your standards are high. Uh, that's where I see it also. Ag agree with you again. And I feel like there needed to be some kind of timeline uh, either described or something because it's just like 
feels really jumpy. And at times you don't know if like when it jumps from a character to another character, especially at the beginning, like is it happening before the last part or at the same time as the last part or after yeah. the last part? Especially in that second part of the story, which in parts of the story, the first part is essentially uh, the graphic novel plus a little bit more. Yeah. And then the second part is like kind of a side story area. This is where they meet Torque. And then the third is the big battle uh, with Magnate New York City again. Uh, see, I'm, I'm kind of and right. The second. Uh, oh, go ahead. And and the second part of the story, there is like not much of a through line there. It's like there's just like all these parts chained together, and there's not much rhyme or reason to it. Though I gotta say, my favorite chapter is in that section, and I'll go into that if there's time permitting. Yeah, so, and I, then I, my I, last thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, just my last thing that I have to say about it. Uh, goddamn, how many chapters? Yeah, so many, so many chapters that, that and they're so some of them are so short, and it's just like I don't know. I felt like a lot of stuff didn't need to be chaptered. It could have just still been in the same chapter, maybe not split so many of the storylines into like separate parts. And what I mean by that is like. One second where it was Clarity and Haven, then it switches to Moxie, then back to Clarity and Haven, then Mean Streak, then back to Clarity and Haven. Like, maybe just have given us all of the Clarity and Haven together in one section. And then said, like, okay, during this, this is what's going on with Mean Streak. And then done it as one big chapter instead of separating it into so many little chapters. Yeah, because I, I, I'm right uh, there with you guys. Uh, my Mine's is more of a lower eight and um a lot of that has to do with i do feel like it suffers from putting in too much and when i say too much like just too many characters and it comes down to yeah. a point where, where i always say like, again like the biggest gripe i have is when the army the discarded cowling i truly feel like you could have taken that out because again, you had so much going on with so many people that no one cares about, or there was nothing given to those people about, oh, like this is this person, or oh, I care. Like I feel like it would have made it better if you had Sergeant Weber leading that that ground team. Now we have someone who we spent the entire book with to care about, where something happened to him, we're a little bit more invested. I, I feel like again, there's just too many characters that we were supposed to care about and two many characters that we just don't care about like like um colonel edwards you came and tell me when he left the book he just disappeared but i feel like the saving grace for a lot of characters is your core five like haven clarity moxie magnate mean streak they they held so much weight that it carried everything else around them but I feel yeah, like it's like the major. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like oh. like those major characters, especially I say again, if I keep saying, I truly feel like if Mean Streak was not a part of this book, I would have rated it way lower. Because he truly was the heart and soul of this entire story. I know Moxie is supposed to be the viewer's projectile, but I feel like Mean Streak is that viewer's point of view. My other, like, criteria, too, that comes into is, like, 
uh, attaching it to your criteria or your critique, I should say, not criteria, critique of there was too many characters. You know, we play the game, so we know the characters from like playing the game. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much it's going to alienate a reader that knows nothing that's going into this book blindly, how that's going to affect the reader. Because I feel like a lot of the times when I'm reading, I'm like, okay, I know that, like, I hear their name one time, and now, like, I've associated them with, like, so many of their cards that it's easy for me to understand, okay, this is the type of person that this is. Right. But, like, to someone else, they're going to see someone like Cowling and be like, all right, random character. Colonel Edwards, okay, cool, random character. Uh, Paul, okay, random character. Weber, okay, random character, like, and they're gonna, they're obviously gonna pick out, okay, Magnate's important, Moxie's important, Haven's important, but, you know, they're gonna, oh, T-Bone, is he important? Nope, he just died, he can't be important. Uh, uh, Plasmax, nope, he's not important, he just died, so it's just like, I wonder how that's gonna affect someone that knows nothing about the game. You know, that's a very, that's a very, very good point. Um, and I'd say I, I definitely am very curious again, someone who has not played the game, maybe let this be their first introduction to it, because I, I feel like, again, just having all those characters, it, it's just going to be noise. You know, it's like, okay, cool. This person's here. And I, I feel like the fact that there are so many characters at the beginning that they give, again, like they break it up to so many different chapters. And then they're dead in the following chapter. It's like, okay, cool. So I don't want to get invested in anyone. Uh, I see it kind of six one way, half a dozen the other, because a part of the uh, entire idea of the alpha clashes is that they're so deadly and dangerous. Wouldn't it be weird if we were just introduced to the core characters and none of them died? It would really undercut the idea of the of the Alpha Clashes being these climactic, uh, apocalyptic events if no one that was named actually did it. So I get what they were for, but it's it can be kind of cheap uh, if you really did like those characters that did it, like Kilimanjaro or Sonoro. So, like, but I, I say for me, like, and that, that's what like uh, I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself. I like them being a part of it because they build them up, you know, being saved from the pool. Um, they, you know, they were there at the fight. They fought together. They, you know, kind of basically trained together. And then when that final battle happened, it's like, cool. You know, they, they get killed in very unexpected ways. And I feel like that was extremely effective. Where the, the entire army team getting blown up by their own fucking plane... Like Jesus Christ, I, I I just felt like when they were dying, I'm like, okay, and I want to go like in like I want that's really cool, but I want to go back to this battle that's happening, that's way more interesting than them getting blown up by their own warthog. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. Now you guys got me thinking on a whole bunch of other things because now I'm like I'm wondering like you know Drake's right. We had to see people die mm-hmm. to make lasting, but what in the future, what does that mean for the game? Because 
uh, you know, watching these characters, I okay. So like, I guess we still got T Bone cards in the second set, even though T Bone's dead. So like, does the card game kind of ignore time where we could still get, let's say, a Kilimanjaro contender card, regardless if he's died in the book, because it'll just be a placeholder in the timeline? Like, will the cards still revolve around when he was alive? Or are there going to be cards that are new, but he's still the contender even though he's died? I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. That, that, that's what I'm kind of thinking, is that they'll just like have like different moments from the, the book when they were still alive and kind of still do cards from there. And then I feel like as it goes on, when they get to you know, um, like book two, now you have more things to introduce into the game. But it's like, again, like you said, like, you know, you read the book, you like this character's card, and you go and read it, they had their face smashed in and they're dead. You know, how, how does that make that someone... Like, like, you start to think, too, like, how many characters... Like, okay, because let's say, let's say, uh, you know, we obviously don't know who's sitting in the creative team coming up with every single character. But, like, how many characters can you come up with over a certain amount of time? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just starting to wonder about that. Like, how, how many more characters can you keep putting out? How many more powers are there before you start now repeating powers? Or, you know, like, you have to come up with storylines to all these different characters. But, like, when do you start, like, just using a formula because it's too much work? I, I what I think is what they probably what they probably can do because you think you know these classes have been going on for forever. It's kind of going back in time, and you know giving us stories from you know different uh, awakenings before this one. Now that would be awesome. Like if they described, let's say, just to take a, a, a an example, let's say if they did like, okay, we're going to when Atlantis had a, its own awakening. And oh, then we awesome. start getting like different heroes that are like, you know, get a water-based hero, get somebody that's like a shark person. That opens up the game a ton right there. <laughs> and, or, or like, I, you know, things that you just, even from the book, like I would love to hear about, um, you know, just clarity and, you know, what she did with the cartel, like, you know, stuff like that, like, you know, bring or even bring in some some cool human characters that have just decent abilities. Like I feel like they they can definitely go that way. But secondly, yeah. oh no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, imagine getting a clarity deck that runs like a Moxie deck because she was in the cartel, so she has all these guns. And and that that be the only time you'll see me ever proudly playing any kind of Moxie base deck. <laughs> Because I'm sorry, like that that would be awesome, like to have that. Or again, just give me cl uh, more clarity when she was death cards, and I will play it without even questioning it. Yeah, she does look cool too when she's death. Yeah, I think what they could do is use the clash kits in order to like reflect like different eras and different fights. It's like the clash kit for the clash ground set that was exclusively focused on the Machina mean streak fight. Which I thought was actually really cool. Yeah. Like every card yeah, from that is, is from that it fight. Is cool that they do that. All right, perfect. So segueing to our last topic of the night, I know we talked about that one for a while, but I feel like 
that is something that deserved its own time. It is one of the group members, um, not the group members, but you know, one of the group members. Jesus Christ, I can't speak. Um, Alan Jones. Um, very um, probably one of the first people bring Alpha Clash in. He had posted something on Facebook with a lot of good points about how this game can grow in the future. So he had five different points here. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very, very, very lengthy. But we're going to talk about some of the points here. Um, his first one was content. Uh, needed more gameplay video, different deck text for each contender. Uh, need more market videos to keep people up to date. Um, TCG player, I'm not going to discuss that at all. I feel like that's been kind of, you know, ran yeah, around. It's been in progress for a while. Yeah. There's uh, nothing we could add. There's nothing we could add to that. Um, player recruiting, I feel like that's something we talked about before. Uh, brand image. And number five, five was brand marketing. It's, um, I don't have five have. on here. You don't have five on there, right? Oh, wait, there it is. Okay, oh, yeah, I have five. <laughs> so, I want I want to um, ha have Jay Crane uh, kind of lead the charge on this one with some of his ideas on it, and then we can uh, kind of trickle down from there. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so f for number one, content. Um, I know that Alan and what he said was that kind of like us as a community need to put in uh you know making more content more learning videos and stuff like that deck text and stuff listen i i agree with that a hundred percent but also at the same time like we the only investment that we have in the game is playing the game and of course we want more players and stuff like that but i feel like they need to on their side come out with more stuff like mm -hmm. you know I, I am a content creator and i have done as much as i can when it comes to promoting the game whether it be i showed off every single card that got spoiled every single card every day i made sure within an hour of it being spoiled that i uh, made sure to get that out there but i can't you know, I can't be held responsible. I'm not I'm not making any money off of this. I, I you know, I'm doing it for the love of the game and to get the game out there because I want more players. But yeah, us as a community can do a ton, but we need some official stuff to come out. We need, you know, some learn learn how to play videos that we can pass on to people that are official, that it's not just ours. Like I know they have one video that they came out with before, but now that there's different decks and stuff like that. Like yeah, show some high play, high level gameplay between some of the devs, between people that are actually out there. Maybe go, put out some videos of the play testers. They keep putting out applications for people to play test, but like show some of that off, tease some stuff, give us some kind of, you know what I mean? Like even even when it comes to like I understand magic is is something that's been out for a long time, but like content gets created because we constantly have something to talk about. Even if it's bad or if it's good, but like there's got to be something that's coming out from official. Like it can't just be, oh yeah, I'm this random person and I'm making a deck tech, but like who are you? Like we don't, you know what I mean? Like it's different if you see a, a Drake put out a deck tech, um, uh, you know, a, what is it, a Doggin? So, you know what I mean? Somebody right. that's like one stuff, but like just having a whole bunch of random people put out their random deck techs. 
is not going to get the buzz that people think it's going to get. Um, we need official stuff. We need them to come out with videos of people playing, come out with it, not it only be content that's selling me something. It can't just be like, oh, we're doing this thing with eBay. You can buy more booster boxes after you just bought your booster boxes that most people got late. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we need something that's not just marketing. It can't just be, oh, we have a Kickstarter where we're trying to sell you stuff. And now here's this preview of, like, something that you could get if you invest more money. We need something that's like, hey, we know you want content. Here's just content. Enjoy it. That we have no obligation from you. We don't want you to buy anything. We just wanted to make something that you enjoy. Here it is. Um, that's where I stand on that. <laughs> Yeah, and I said I, I definitely. Um, I, I said the, the second part of that uh, I did not even think about that again. Um, Elf Clash is doing good marketing, but again, it's like okay, the marketing is the marketing where it's to buy more product. It's like you know, let's get some more stuff that we see coming from you guys that you know showing that hey, there are people playing this. These are things that are going on. Cause I say, cause everyone is trying to make content and we're kind of just, you know, not necessarily spinning the wheels, but we're just kind of, okay, Hey, this, this deck came out, this, you know, this box came out, here it is. Um, you know, Hey, go play Alpha Clash, but there's nothing from the actual team saying that, Hey, these are the results we're getting from people playing. These are what we're getting. It's kind of everybody individually fighting for that community to be that person like hey i'm i'm a, like how do i say this we don't have oxygen yet we're fighting for the like uh, every, the, every, get out of the uh, right. surface everyone's yeah. fighting for that spot and i feel like it's not a lot enough people that are working together um i think i've said and, this and, before that i truly feel like the people who are getting the recognition for Alpha Clash as content creators are the ones who truly do not care about the game. They do it because it's a contracted obligation. And once Thank they're you. done, they could care Thank less. You. They're not. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. I think the, the other problem is the fact that, yeah, you know, you, you marketed the game using content creators that were, like just TCG creators. They're like, okay, TCG. And they're like, okay, send me some free product and I'll open it in a video. But I, you know what I mean? Like I bought all my products. You guys buy all your products. It's like, use us, use us that like know what's going on that, you know, that, that's going on with the game. And, and I'm not saying that they haven't at all. Cause like, obviously, you know, we were reached out for the book right. and stuff like that. But like, I am surprised at certain people that I saw doing the spoilers for the cards. I'm like, I have never, like, I looked through all of your socials uh, because I was, obviously, when when the spoilers were coming out, you had to kind of follow a lot of yeah. those people to yeah. get the spoilers. Exactly. I'm like, I'm looking through all your content. You've never mentioned this game ever before. 
but I'm like, I'm here, like, literally spoiling every single card that I'm doing it, not because what the cards were given to me. I had to go searching for these cards. I had to, screen, uh, like, screenshot on my phone, edit all that stuff. I didn't get the card images directly from them. I had to figure out how to get those images. So, you know, it's like, I'm right. putting in the work, and I'm getting nothing out of it. Um, and there's other content creators that are the same. You, Ryo, you put out videos, uh, whether it be playing the game, you now put out deck techs, you sell the game, it, and, like, we're not getting the attention of, like, somebody that has 20k followers, but they're willing to open it for you, but, like, they don't care about the cards. They're not showing that love for the cards. Like, you know, both me and Drake, another example, both me and Drake, I know, uh, we have master sets of set one, and we're working on master sets of set two. This is, like, completely outside of the playing the game. This is just, I love the art so much, I want to collect and have full sets of every card in the set. That's someone who loves your game. It, you know what that, I mean? And, um, because I, I, I went through, because I'll be honest with you, I, I don't mind sharing this on the podcast. Last week, I kind of went through, I, I don't want to say a depression, but a like a huge just frustration where it was like I'm I'm putting so much time and effort into what I'm doing. I'm putting so much time and effort into it. I'm, you know, we're we're doing the podcast. We're 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 promoting things that we're doing. And it's like we just the people who actually are dedicated to Upclash we're not getting the shares. We're not getting the IG posts. We're not getting any of this stuff. And people who could care less are getting that promotion. And it becomes very frustrating when it's like, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm working my ass off to get stuff out there, to get things to promote. And I can't even get a hey, follow this, or hey, this is going on, hey, hey, every Thursday, the podcast of, hey, every Wednesday is live on TikTok. And it's like, we're, we're fighting for it. And I see, again, like we said before, I see people who have, like I said, the, the 2,000 followers. They they do the video, and people, you could go through and just read the comments where people say, oh, that's cool, the art's cool, I'm not going to ever play it. Like, the people who don't care, I get it, you want to give it to people who have a following, but you're getting people who have fallen who do not care about the product. Whereas people like, you know, they're popping up. Like I, I can say, um, Alpha Class Central, he's, he's a new guy. Great videos. Uh, he, he just started Small Channel. He's doing great videos, pumping up content and gets zero recognition. Yeah. Or like you said before, and I, this is one that did bother me is that you have all these people doing the spoilers for this why they don't like a lot of them people like yeah some of the people who did it they care they, they they're following it but there's some people in there who do not give a shit they don't oh care. yeah i saw i saw a couple of them <clears throat> where they like 
literally it was just they posted a picture of the card like didn't announce it didn't anything there was one person that put it on their youtube and it wasn't even like an individual video or anything like that it was just like in there i think it's the community tab mm -hmm. they just posted the picture i'm like nobody would know to look here like i would have made an announcement like you know what i mean like i i even the ones that i did do like i i made sure every single day to put out a video like i made sure weekends i would get on like i remember one night i was laying in bed and i'm trying to think if it was alex i think it was alex uh who's one of the artists he released the picture like at 12 30 in the morning and at 1 a.m i was sitting in bed setting up the post to post it like it was to that level like i made sure to get every single one that i could find because i knew that there was people just like from being in my lgs that were like oh like i don't have twitter i don't have this i don't have that and i'm like man you guys need a central location to get all that information and i made sure that i was that person um and you know like obviously you you know i do see the likes i get that kind of recognition uh, you know my posts get reshared and stuff like that but like if you see that I'm doing that, be like, hey, we're going to send you all the card art. Do not release them before the official person mm -hmm. released them. But at least you have high quality pictures of the cards. Not me sitting there trying to, uh, you know, print screen a picture, then adjust it, then try to sharpen it to the, so that I can see the words, so that I can put out good content. Like, that was a lot of work for for you know me not asking for anything like i've never asked for anything anything i get i've gotten because they've thought that i've deserved it but i've never asked for anything none of this is paid for uh you know i have it it's not like i'm a paid youtuber or anything like that like i'm not getting anything from it it's i like the game i appreciate what you're doing um, another thing that i feel like is a missed opportunity that i don't know how it hasn't been come out with uh, why is there no, like, trailer of the game showing off the fact, like, oh, we have a graphic novel, we have a book that's coming out right now, plus it's this hid card game, like, put out a trailer, like, put out right. something that's well done, that's showing off, like, look, this is where we started, and this is the timeline that we've done, and then here's the future, like, put out a legit advertising that shows what this is that this is not just a card game because it's hard for me to even sell it to a t to a local game store right now like i can tell them like oh yeah it's doing really good in the philippines it's doing really good in ohio stuff like that but like then i thought okay well wh what are, what do you look for online you're gonna type in alpha clash and you're gonna see what's the official stuff most of the official stuff i would say is coming from team covenant like, I don't really think there's, like, anything in YouTube that I'm like, oh, yeah, it's directly from Realm. I think there's one learn-to-play video. But, like, if they're seeing that the the actual owners aren't putting anything out, all these other little YouTube channels putting stuff out is not going to convince an LGS to, like, purchase product. It's just not. No, it's not. Like I said, like, I know I just did a video for a learn-to-play because someone asked, like, hey, is there an updated learn-to-play Um with the new rules and i'm like oh well i'm pretty sure there is and i looked and like there's no new learner play introducing the portal so i said cool i can Nothing. try my best to, to you know break down like how to play and i had to create that which I, again i do it 
because I do truly love the game. If I did not love this game, did not believe in this company, trust and believe me, I would have I would have stopped a long time ago. Because it's so much hours, it's so much recording that goes into just doing these videos, and it's because and it's truly because I love it. I just ask for people who are truly doing this every day to just get some kind of recognition. Like, hey, we these should be our focus. We should be helping because these guys are going to every day. They're the ones that are going to go out. And I feel like that goes perfectly into play, um, point three he made, player recruiting, about what are the ambassadors doing. So that was the other thing that I was about to get into. Another thing, the ambassador program was shut down from what i heard it was shut down before set one came out but now that there's new rules and stuff like that pick new ambassadors you know what i mean like, mm -hmm. okay you gave a lot of people a chance and obviously you see that a lot of them just went out on freaking ebay and sold their player mats sold yeah, their stuff happened. you know what i mean like i i i went looking for an ambassador mat so that i can teach people how to play i had to pay a, a lot of money to get mine because I couldn't get one. But like now that new rules came out and stuff like that, take take a couple of those Kickstarter double-sided Harbinger maps or Harbinger play mats that they came out. Mm -hmm. Slap an ambassador tag on it and pick some of us that are new here and let us show it off to different places. It, it's hard for me to show off when I don't even have the first demo decks. You know what I mean? Like I show it off the game by using my personal decks, but it's hard when you're using like a curated tournament deck to teach someone the game, send me a couple of new, send me a war and a death demo deck. Send me a pestilence demo deck that I can show off some cool mechanics, show people a conquest deck, how to open and close the portal and do stuff like that. Pick some new ambassadors, pick some new people in different areas. Like I, I know a lot of the ambassadors were like right there in Ohio and stuff like that. Listen, here in New York, there's one, there's only one LGS playing it. If you sent me some stuff, I will go every weekend to different LGSs in this area and I will teach people how to play. But like I don't have the resources. Like I can't, I can't just decide that I'm gonna do this alone. I need some kind of support from the people that, that are making the game. Right, and I said, like, I try my best. Complete dittos in my area. What would you say? What is that, Robin? Complete dittos in my area. Uh, yeah, because right. yeah, like, you're, yeah, you're the one that, because you do a lot for your area, right? In Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a decent following down in Colorado Springs, but I'm trying to, like, bring it north. And, yeah, man. And that's why I said, like, I, I try my best by trying to give out you know, demo decks. Like I try to create demo decks as much as I can, but there's only so much product that I have that I can just like cool. I can just give away, and it's like okay, cool. You have I did people ask, oh, I want some free demo decks, and I'm not gonna name names, but I did that. I think I gave them like maybe 20 different demo decks because they said they want to do different events, and they know they're all on eBay. Oh wow, yeah, Ryo let me get two demo decks. And I still use those demo decks to teach it. Like when when I taught my friends how to play it, I use those demo decks um, to teach them the basic rules. But like I said, like I can't use those to teach any of the new rules. Those decks don't have any of that stuff. Exactly. Like, they have to be whole new decks. And and then I, I feel like that goes back into um, brand image. And th this one I feel like we, we kind of talk about very quickly. 
where it said like um, to stop describing Alpha Class as Magic the Gathering. I, I, I disagree with that because when you have someone coming into the game, when you tell them that, hey, it plays similar to you know Dragon Ball Super or Magic the Gathering, that, that makes them go, oh, I know how to play that game. Show me. Like they get a little more interested. If you just say, y'all, it's his own thing. It ain't none of that. Okay, cool. Let's go play that then. But if you say, hey, I, it's a really agree. fun game and the, and the mechanics are very similar to, to Magic or Dragon Super because you played that before, now they're like, oh, so this would be easy for me to learn. So I, was, I feel like that one, I, I, I want to say it's kind of the most, it, like, that's easy. Like, no, I, I think that's good because when I sat down the first time and played, I said, hey, how's the game play? And they said, hey, have you played this game, this game, this game? Yes, I have. Well, it's very similar to that. Cool. Now I know I can understand the basic mechanics. I, I agree with you. I don't think that we should stop doing that. Um, maybe tone it down a little bit, but I think that that pulls people in, not scares them away. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and kind of like a personal uh, example of it, there's games like One Piece and stuff like that that I haven't played because everybody always tells me like, oh, it's just so different. It's so this, it's so that. But they never can tell me like what it plays like. So because of that, I'm like, I'm not willing to give like an entire new thing a chance. Like it, it needs to have mechanics from something I already understand. If not, it's just, it's too much for me to just go and learn something completely new right now. Um, and Alpha Clash pulled me in because instantly, obviously, you see colors, and the first thing that comes to your mind is like, oh, uh, is this like magic? Are there resources in this? How does this work? How does this work? You know what I mean? Even Lorcana. Lorcana's Disney, and Lorcana still, like, kind of use the fact that it's a lot like magic. Like, yeah, their resources work more like how Alpha Clash's resources work, mm -hmm. but they still kind of advertise like, oh, yeah, we're very much like magic. And and our mechanics are a lot like magic. Yeah, they, and there's yeah, colors they, like magic. They really like, harp on that shit hard. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. You're magic for Disney players. Damn it. <laughs> like like they, they really harp on that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like magic, but with Disney characters. I'm like, that's really cool. No, 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 no. We have colors. Just like man, that's that's cool, man. Like, like cool. We have so many signets, but we call it ink drying. Like, like dude, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they tried really hard, but but uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I that was the only thing that I didn't agree was what Alan. Had yeah, posted. that's that's one. Now the last one was brand marketing. They need more focus on lore and the story being told. More trailers and dialogue between contenders, voice actors. Uh, I'll touch on that one. Might start getting people more interested. That's called being expensive as fuck. That I I get I, his heart is in the right place. I, his heart is in the right place. So I don't think that they necessarily need voice actors or anything like that. I do think they need more trailers. Yes, I think we need like the, I think like, like that death door spoiler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh that that, that was good. Yo. Oh my. That that's a perfect example, Drake. Like we needed more of that stuff. That whole like just moving animation, which I know it's not that expensive. Like yeah, they're gonna spend money on it. But listen, at the end of the day, 
with the amount of money that we spent between cards, between the book, the Kickstarter, like, listen, spend some money. Spend some money. I hate to say it. I'm not trying to sound condescending. Like, I, obviously, I understand that they're in it for profit and stuff like that. But right now, if you don't want the game hype to go down, you need to invest in these things. It's plain and simple. We've gotten you off of the ground. And what I mean by that is we got you through what? This is the third Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. You are now past the second set's release date. In February, we're getting draft sets, which are going to be consistent of the cards from both the first and second set. So you're pretty much telling the people that are like, you know, like me, Drake, you, who have all these cards, tons of bulk and stuff like that, like, hey, come back out again and spend more money again just because you want to draft this time. When, why don't I just buy a box of Awakening for 50 bucks online and just draft that? Yeah. Why don't I just do that? Why am I now buying, like, again, the same product to get more bulk of the same bulk? Like, I'm hoping that at least they do, which my is my biggest hope, that in this draft set, the set one cards come with alternate arts so that it's worth it for me to buy it. If they I'm, do I'm, alternate arts on every single set one card, I will fucking buy that box set nonstop. I'm going to be honest. I, I love, I still love set one art, but I hate when I, when I have set two art and it clashes with my set one. I'm like, it's not, it's not uniform to me no more. So if they reprint set one and set two art, say less. That, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you want if you want my money, that's all you have to do right now. Re have the new artist redo all the set one cards because what that's also going to do is all of us that have been here since the beginning, our collections are going to be worth something because it's going to be the only ones with that art. But if this draft set comes out and it has the same art as set one, it's now going to be anyone who comes in from this point on can also have those cards. Like, obviously, there's coding. So, like, the K the Kickstarter ones have the KS and stuff like that. And I'd hope that when they do these reprints, they also have their own code instead of it just being, like, cards same, from same, Awakening same and from Flashground and they have the same codes because then I'll be pissed. Because then it's going to make my collection worthless. Because if, if you're going to be able to get, you know, uh, uh, Asters and Here Comes the Booms and it's going to have the same code as set one, th then there's just going to be a huge amount of them out there. Because already there's a huge amount out there because you can see people selling them. So it's like, I don't want that. What I prefer is all new art. Come out with all new art, make them new cards, make anyone that has those original Kickstarter and set one cards. Now you have something that if anybody comes in the future, people are going to be like, that was Alpha Set. Those are the fucking cards. If you have that original artwork, you have something in your fucking collection. You have exactly. money. Especially yep. Kickstarters. Especially Kickstarters. Especially Kickstarters. <laughs> And I feel like that that's how you definitely get it going. Like you said, again, either changing the code on it, like just don't give me your overstock that you still have from set one and set two and put it into a box and repackage it and give me one it's exclusive card. Fear, huh? It's my biggest fear. It's my biggest fear yeah. if they do that. I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to sink it. I'm going to call And You know what? And I hate to say it because I don't want to like ruffle any feathers, but I'm going to call it a cash grab if they do that. If it's just overstock cards... That after, like, because even remember, they made a big deal when they were like, oh, we're stopping production of Awakening cards and yeah. stuff like that. 
So there's supposed to be a minute amount of them, but for some reason I still see them on eBay being sold super cheap. So there's like abundance of boxes. If they just end up taking those cards, opening all those Awakening, and then putting them into draft boosters that are mixed with set two, it would break my fucking heart. And that's why I said I hope that it does not go there because I feel like I, one thing I would say that I do feel like they are very genuine about what they want to do. I think it's just finding that that middle ground. And this is the point that I do feel like Alan did make. It's just getting that marketing out there and getting it where it could show that, hey, this is not just a small group of community of people who are, who are liking the game. This game has longevity and can really be um, a contender. Because I know like our last episode we did, you know, I titled it, you know, can Alpha Clash come a top four game? And you have a lot of people who are commenting saying either yes or no. And they're giving a reason why. I mean, you got the assholes who are saying no. Magic is, you know, people who didn't listen to shit. But that's the conversation you want to have that gets more LGSs into buying it. Like, you, you yeah. need that reason. Like, okay, like, cool. Like, yeah, you're another Kickstarter game. Why should you be around? Like, what what's so great about you? Because even when you look at Grand Archive, unfortunately, Grand Archive is a fun game. People are playing it, but you really don't hear like the the boxes are now are dirt cheap. Yeah, um, another one is a uh, Cryptic. Cryptic is another game that like came out of nowhere and made a lot of promises, but honestly, like I don't see anybody playing that game. I keep freaking like every time like every time people say, "Oh, Cryptic," I'm like, "Oh yeah, they still around." Like, I keep thinking that shit came out twenty twenty. Yep, they're still around. Yet I never see anyone buy any product or I've play. Never seen. I never seen a single person ever buy. It. I've seen people buy Recross more than I ever seen anybody buy Cryptic. And Jesus Christ, Recross has the smallest community of all time. But it's the same thing. Like, like oh, I feel like even sorcery is not going to go well. There's nothing for it besides that the booster boxes were five thousand dollars. But that that's that's where it ends. There's nothing else for it. Even with um with with the game the A Drive made, nobody's heard anything about that game. Yeah, I don't even know what game you're talking about. Yeah, the the you the Yuki um Poketuber A Drive, he made an entire car Elestrios. And no one's heard anything else about it. Because, because no one has promoted, no one's done anything. There's no openings for it there's there's nothing for it and i feel like that's what will kill a kickstarter game quickly if there's no there's nothing coming from there's nothing coming from alpha there's nothing on youtube there's nothing showing that hey it's not just a small group of people like hey no this is a company we're here we're doing this like again you announce the tournaments on facebook and instagram which is cool but you need that should have been a huge announcement that should have been on every single social media platform. But the people who have these huge subscribers, they're not doing anything about it. They're yeah, it, it sucks because I try to think to myself, like, I look at the people that because I still have the list of the people that spoiled the cards. Mm -hmm. And I look and I'm like, since then, have you posted anything Alpha Clash? And I think maybe like 
besides the artists, I'm not going to count the artists because obviously they're going to promote it and they're, you know, they're doing it because it's their art. But besides the artists, maybe like four or five of those creators still post Alpha Class stuff, which is heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking because I saw what they got. You know what I mean? And I was like, damn, man, I wish I got that. I wish I got that because I'd still be talking about it. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I always say, and <clears throat> it, it, there, there's one person again. I don't. I don't. I just truly don't believe in like. I, I understand why it happens. So I, I don't believe in bashing other content creators. I get why people do it because it's it's gonna be it's free money. When like when people got the books, and they were told to promote the books, and you could tell they never even opened that shit. And we're pretending like, you know, going like going through like the script about it. And I'm like, okay, you didn't even read the book. Like, like, did you read the book? Did you did you even really care? And I always say for me, I'm a type of, I'm a content creator that I believe in authenticity. You're gonna get the real me, you're gonna get my real opinions about something, no matter what. I'm not going to lie for clicks and views. I'm just that's just not who I'm gonna be. No matter if I'm making a full-time living off it, no matter what, I am not going to do it. And if that makes you go, hey, I don't want to have you promote our stuff, that's fine. But I'm going to be honest no matter what. And like I said, if I didn't like set two, I would say that, hey, set two is garbage. I love set two. I'm going to oh, talk yeah, about I, it. I love set two. If it was garbage, I would have said it. Like, uh, and, and honestly, it probably would have killed me from playing the game, but I love set two. Like, I, I love set two, and I feel like um, with set two, it solved the issue that I was so afraid of in set one where I wasn't bored with the game, but I was bored with the combinations of decks that I could use. Like there was nothing else you could do. Right. Yeah. There wasn't much like after a certain amount of time and you see certain decks, like you knew red, white was a deck. You knew red, green was a deck. You knew green, blue was a deck. You knew black, white was a deck. There wasn't any, like, you could try to do something creative, but it just wasn't working. There was only certain equations that was working in set one. Mm -hmm. And believe me, I can second that. And, and it's like this, like, how, like, think about it this way. How many hat man decks did you have? What what number did you get to? And, 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 that, and that was, like, that was my biggest fear. Like, oh, God, but with set two, like, even when I did the two deck profiles I put up, I'm I already took those builds apart and re-added things because there's so many different combinations now. Like, who would have thought this added an extra 180 cards would just open up for so many decks? And and that's yeah. what I truly feel like. Again, like I thought they were truly invested in it, but we, we gotta do more to get this to more people, and we just we just have to. So, yeah, for so sure, for sure. I And I feel, too, like, you know, even though, yeah, there was a lot of new combinations, it still left certain other ones open where you're like, oh, well, you know, if we could just get more, like, for example, obviously, you know, uh, Moxie. Hashtag Moxie um, game. I'm going to have to wait till set three. Like, I hope that what ends up happening is because, the, I, you know, and uh, Drake knows this because he did a lot of playtesting. Some of the set one contenders just can't keep up. Yeah. Um. There's, you know, there is a lot of changes you can do. Like I've seen a green blue uh magnate deck 
with like all these new blue flyers in there that works really good. Um, but like, I hope that point? then, like, when we get set three, maybe some cards come back and, like, oh, all of a sudden Moxie becomes meta again because she got some good shit. Um, you know, Magne becomes meta again. Uh, the original Mean Streak all of a sudden becomes relevant. No, no, stop. I'm, I'm gonna stop you there. I'm bullshit. I'm sorry. This new Mean Streak is the I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good, but I'm saying there's people that still want to play that first set mean streak. I, I know, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, why? I, I know why, but I'm like, why? Like, it's because of the thirty, man. The, the yeah. some people it makes a big difference. That extra five. No, the I will 30, say that... the ten. The fact that the original is wide counter, whereas the new one is tall counter. There are tons of things you can do with the design space of stack dice on card. Now, now I, I will say I, I do want to I do want to save this topic for next week because I truly feel like the only one of the containers that got the most the biggest boost from set two is clarity. A clarity and Torque. I feel like Torque got a lot of good support cards. Torque got, Torque got a lot. Like, Clarity Torque got a lot of good support. Um, I don't feel like Magnate... I don't think Magnate is a bad contender. I just think that Magnate got put in check. Like I said, I think Magnate and Green didn't get maybe the greatest cards. But if you do Green-Blue, you got a lot of blue alphas that have some cool shit going on this set around. Like even something as as small as like the two count plasmax with the was the two two flyer. Yeah, it's yeah so raging. Like, that's a a nice low cost creature or alpha to add to your deck. Yeah, and I I truly believe um because this is my in the deck profile. I feel like two a, a container that's two three. It's probably the best stat line to have at that, you know, one, two, and three uh, cost. Like, I feel like two attack, three defense, it, it's it's just really good. And the fact that a play, you have a flying with the magnet that's two, three. Yep. It, it, when you think about it, it's really annoying to deal with. It is. It is. But yeah, so yeah, that that's, that's going to be for next week's episode. Because I know me and Drake did it where we kind of speculated what cards were good, but I feel like now that set two have been out for, have been what, what be out two weeks now to really go in and say what cards got a boost, what cards did not, what cards did we like? I feel like now that we kind of, everybody actually has their cards. Yeah, yeah I've got my first three decks assembled right before this show. I was actually sleeving up the sideboard to deck three, and I'm going to be taking them down to Colorado Springs for uh, some tournaments probably tomorrow. Screw a cyborg. Go full balls. <laughs> yeah, I've only managed to create one of my decks because I've been concentrating on getting my master set, but I have one deck that will be for a tournament next Thursday. And yeah, by the way, sideboard, very, very important. You yeah. Not. Yeah, in the current meta, your sideboard. I don't is think the sideboards important. are big enough anymore. No. Let's put it that way. No. You know what? No. Can, can, can we, is we, not no, enough. Can, if we do this, we'll be here for another hour. But yeah, we're definitely going to talk about everything that, because, yeah, 10 is yeah, nowhere near so enough. Much. <laughs> it needs to be 12 at least at this ratio. Maybe even 15. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh's yeah, 15. 15. 15 might be actually what I'd call for, because that's what is Yu-Gi-Oh. I would do, I would definitely do fifteen, and people are like, oh, but you can almost change the whole color. And 
Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's actually, so it's funny that you mentioned that we will talk about, you know, because obviously it's getting late, but that's a hundred percent what I did with my Moxie deck. So, because uh, I told you, 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 you haven't played the updated Moxie. I'm so I deck, actually, I deck, I side deck 10 blue cards that get swapped out with 10 red cards that I have in the deck and they swap out to to change how the deck works depending on who I'm going up against and I think that is a viable strategy uh yeah, when it comes to this game screen. to change complete color if we get 15 cards I'd probably do that to multiple decks and I I, I truly feel like you need it cuz one thing I I noticed and I had to start putting these cards into my deck cuz some decks might okay cool I'm pretty good here but if you get down a bunch of good, some good flyers now, I'm I'm screwed. I can't do anything. So like, I gotta make sure my sideboard can handle a deck that has a bunch of accessories because there's so many weapons and accessories now. I gotta be able to deal with accessories. I gotta be able to deal with flyers. If you're playing a deck that's focusing around using your clash grounds, I gotta be able to plan for that. You got a deck that that plays around with the portal. I gotta plan for that as well. There's so many tokens. things, tokens now. There's so many things that are going on now that you just can't plan for in a 50 card i mean sorry a 60 card deck 50 main deck 10 cyborg there's too much and then you yeah. run into oh yeah i run one copy of this as a tech card and i i, I yeah do you know what yep you can't run one card as tech exactly like you can't run one as a tech and then you don't have you have 10 cards like i said it's too much going on where i do believe that 10 is not good enough anymore that it's it, and I feel like, th but I also feel like this, it's, that's a good problem you want your game to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yes. Because at the end of the day, you can't plan for everything. You so. can't plan for anything, but I should be at least a bit to go cool if I won't get mollywopped by, you know, the four-cost war tapping out 20 minions to go, yeah, um, 23 for game. And I just go, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> I should I should be at least have yeah. the option to not die. Yeah. If kind sure. of format young, maybe things are gonna shake out. Like I think Conquest is gonna fall from grace pretty rapidly, but we'll see. And of course Haven. The Haven's real not good right now. I, 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 so I don't know if I told you guys this. But last week, or yeah, it was last week when I played in the tournament, someone played Haven, and they got up to 21 counters. It was pretty goddamn close. And that was a deck that was not optimized yet. Like, I think um, Haven is finding a way to... Because I've been playing around with it, and I, I, right now it's basically mono blue. I just don't feel like mono blue is the key. Yeah, I can accelerate... But it, I'm trying to figure out what other color combination will work really well with that deck, but then also having enough room to you put in more there. Card draw. More card draw. Whatever gets you more card draw, man. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be white, but fucking card draw the hell out of that deck. Like, card draw the hell out of it, and I'm sorry. Like, I hate to say this, but I feel like, I, again, I, I'm going a, I'm to a save the reason why, but I truly feel like Death Door or Badhorn, uh, Badigan Warhorn are gonna be the yeah, two, Patrick and Warhorn. Be the two be the two cards that I see getting banned quickly. But I feel like with Haven, 
You need to play you Warhorn. Mouth, sir. You shut it. I, I love both those cards. They're in every one of my decks now, but I'm sorry. The, if any cards that would probably get banned before Vegas, it's 100% going to be one of those two. And you know it in your heart. Yeah, at least limited for sure. Death Door. Oh like, my god. Like Death Door is like Death Door. One hundred percent. I feel like it would be hey, two copies per deck, and I'll be like, you know what? Fair. But no, I, I feel like no, I feel like it will literally have to be banned because if it's two copies per deck, why would you care? You could play the one that one card if your portal's open. Put a, a clash on top of your deck. I don't care. I can still search it. Yeah, it's like Death Door. I've found in just my brief testing has been murderizing. Uh, Pestilence particularly, because he only has twenty life. You take three away from him, he's dead. Like right, he he's he's literally yeah, that's, dead. That's three, yeah. again, I don't think many people have looked much at Pestilence. I mean, you haven't even touched him, right? Uh, no, I, I I have the deck built. Um, I don't like it. That's why I haven't talked about it. Like it's a, unfortunately, it is green red. But the, the key of it is war war. <laughs> Oh my god, come on. Like I said, like I said, Warhorn is in almost all my decks. I'm like, you know what? Why not? Fuck it. Fuck them, that's why. <laughs> that's why I say yeah, I feel like I, I, um, I, I, I see Warhorn. I see Warhorn going to two. I see Death's Door getting banned because you can still search out Death's Door. Now, I think Death Store is going to be held in place by the fact that it is a Clash Ground, making it inherently vulnerable. We do not have a Torque Uncontrollable situation, thank God. But yeah. Let yeah. alone a Kagan situation. There are answers now. It's yeah. just that people need to actually be running the damn things. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, They're going to be learning that the hard way, it sounds like. But I said, I'm, I'm going to. The for us to add to next week, too, yeah. is that um, I feel. Like people that are not willing to adapt to how much the meta is changing right now are gonna be left behind because there's a lot of people that I've noticed that are not running like trap or trap hate like they should right now because no one's no one's oh respecting the traps. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you do not respect the traps, if you do not respect these relic and accessories that are out, you are not going to win the games. And I, I keep going back to this card. Warhorn is one of those cards that you need to respect. You need to have a way to get rid of it. You need to respect the zero one contenders because you just can't go and say, "Cool, I'm gonna go ahead and ping." I'll be cool with pinging a damage. That's cool because now they now they can set up. You need to respect traps. You need to respect accessory. If you're if you're playing against black, it's no longer oh one up sharpshooter moxie. No, guess what you have now? You have Restoration. You have Piercing Darkness. You have Sharpshooter Moxie. There's so much stuff now that can be played, and there's so many more quick cards that can be played. Yeah, I I went undefeated with a Pestilence deck that was, I'm going to say, almost half of the deck was just traps, and it was just me stopping them from doing anything. If they attacked trap if they tried to uh you know bring out a clash card trap it was just constantly stopping them and then just hitting them with the five five pestilence it was ridiculous and i went undefeated last week because of it and, and, that's, why oh, I said, really? and, and that's why i said i feel like 
that is going to be a huge topic that needs to be discussed next week is how to properly start building your decks, how to properly build your sideboards, and how to get ready for this meta. Because I'm saying the people who are trying, they're going, if you're just saying, hey, I'm going to go ahead and play, you know, old school Mean Street because I like it. You know, I'm going to do the T-Bone Mean Street combo, got the four costs. That's really cool because guess what? I'm going to put it back in your hand. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, so that that is our time. I know we went over this week, but we had a lot to discuss. But, you know, we like these long episodes. But again, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. And to everyone listening, uh, good night, good morning, good evening, wherever you're at. Yeah. And we are.